0: Okay, so this morning, uh, we are going to be talking about financial giving. <laughs> well, that wasn't what I was... I wrote down here, cue awkward shuffle. <laughs> Maybe the odd eye roll, or suddenly needing to nip to the toilet, but I'll take that cheer. <laughs> um, yeah, when Jordan Lynn asked, I was like, thanks for that one. But actually, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it's actually been exciting and a bit of a privilege to look at it in a bit more detail and how we can maybe apply it to us. So I guess at the end of this morning, we'll see whether everyone feels like that or whether everyone makes a quick exit. And on that front as well, as always, with these things, you plan them, it feels like, I'll just reverse actually, I'd like to say I'm glad we're all family here. (laughs) This morning is one of those mornings where it feels like, as Al briefly mentioned, Things just didn't quite go as anticipated. We couldn't log on to the iMac to get the words up. Sure, let's talk about giving. I go and check that the card machine thing works. Yeah, brilliant, works. Four other people try, doesn't work. No internet now. So, you know, we'll just go for it one of these mornings. Um, but today's passage, um, what we're going to be taking it from, is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. So, I'm just going to read it, and then um, we'll, we'll get started. So, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you Have I clicked on? Mm, There we go. And in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. I could leave now, really, couldn't I? (laughs) So the first point that I would like to make from today's uh, Bible passage is about how we use and invest our money. And really, it's coming from a, a heart and a discipleship issue. In other words, we all need to learn to use our money in a way that pleases God. And that's the thing really, isn't it, about Christian giving. Our giving is to God. It is us giving to him in the spirit that he's given to us. When we give, we try to reflect the something of Jesus Christ's generosity to us in how we give. The God who left the splendour of heaven became poor and gave his life for us on the cross just so that we could be free from our sin and begin a relationship with God and quite, which quite literally last forever. And you know what? Northgate is a generous church. All of the income that Northgate receives is, is tithed, a portion of it is given away. It's called um, the Seed Fund um, and it has been used to bless so many people, both within this fellowship but also beyond. We've obviously uh, sewn into the Ukrainian family that are joining us shortly, into the Loves of Chester building. That has a financial implication. And Northgate has stepped up on many occasions and provided with that. We are a generous church. Uh, Maybe think about a few um, years ago, we provided uh, backpacks for the Blue Coat Schools. I don't know whether you remember that is still being talked about today. Someone who came into uh, the school where I work, their uh, child goes to Bluecoat and talked about the backpack that they received still. And it blew me away thinking, yeah, those little seeds that we plant are still being talked about today. And I believe that as a body of people, we are a generous church. So in essence, our giving is a response to the self-giving God, the God who gave everything for us and withheld nothing from us. And so this morning, it's no surprise that when Paul talks about money, like Jesus talks about giving to God, not giving to Northgate Church, not giving to the trustees, the leadership team, not even the city of Chester, but we are to give to God because he has given to us. And when we do, when we look at the cross, we instantly realise that whatever we give him, we can't outgive God. Now this morning there might be a few different people sat here. You may be feeling like maybe you don't have any money, so how is it that I can give? <clears throat> maybe you're feeling there, uh, sat there thinking, well, I give a portion of my money, maybe the 10% that people talk about stand in order, jobs are good, and I'm fine, I'm sorted. Maybe you've never really looked at the uh, idea of tithing or offering or giving financially, and you don't really know what it's about. Or maybe you're someone that sat there thinking, yeah, I've heard of that before, but I've never quite got round to sorting it out, or the card machine never works, so I don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> and from what Paul says, it seems as though the Corinthians at this point were almost like the last group of that people, not quite with the card tap, but they'd said that they were eager to give, they sounded generous, but they never quite got round to actually sorting it, writing the cheque, maybe that's my age, Um, or setting up the standing order as it might be nowadays. And so today, in the chapter that um, we've, we've read here, Paul confronts the issue head on, and says that when it comes to giving, good intentions are not enough. And so... I believe that he recommends four things that will help us as Christians to be able to look at our giving um, and the stewardship of our money. So the first of these is to decide to invest in God's kingdom. Excuse me. (coughs) In verse 6, we see Paul's theology of giving summed up in a nutshell. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. In other words, you reap what you sow. And in this life, people have different amounts of money to spend and invest. But the question that everyone needs to ask themselves is, what am I going to invest it in? And of course, many Christians, myself included, have said, well, it's my money. Uh, I want to do with it what I'm going to do. I need to pay my bills. I've got to meet my responsibilities, maybe my family's responsibilities. And then I'll spend the rest of it on me. And so their money builds them. Maybe a nice, tasteful house that earns lots of compliments. Maybe a nice car that gets admiring compliments. (laughs) I thought the laugh was a bit slow. I did not click (laughs) it. Maybe a bank balance that makes them feel secure. But actually, unfortunately, one day that person is going to die. And they find themselves without the home, the car, the logo, the bank balance. And they're going to be standing before the living God. And when he looks at that person's life, we know that God won't see all the things that impress people here on earth. He'll only see the things that the person did for Jesus. The things that glorified him and how they extended God's kingdom. The time, maybe the prayer, the service and the money that he or she sowed into and invested in bearing fruit for the kingdom. And so Paul here is saying, spending money is like sowing seed. If you invest in all you have in your lifestyle here on earth, it won't produce much fruit for God's kingdom. But if you scatter it liberally, like a sower, then it will bear more fruit in the kingdom of God than you can possibly imagine. And so when a Christian stands before God on that last day, God will see just how generous they've been with their money he will see exactly how much fruit their giving has produced for his kingdom. The people who've seen their money as theirs, and, and given God maybe their small change, will have little for God to harvest. But the people who sow generously will be amazed at what their efforts have yielded. So we need to think about whether we're going to decide and invest in God's kingdom and not our own lifestyles. Secondly, I believe that um, we need to plan our giving. When it came to giving, as I mentioned earlier, the Corinthians had made some big promises. But Paul said that it comes to giving is is not just enough to make the plans. You actually need to uh, act on them and do them. And if you have a look at verse 7, it says, Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I've popped down here. This verse always reminds me of this church, especially Mr. Lister, because when I first started coming to this church, I often heard that verse quoted from the front, and it made me think about how we've—it's not just about giving, um, because we're commanded to. It's giving with that cheerful heart, and it always stuck out to me. And I thought, yes, it's not about necessarily the amount that we put in the basket or the card tap, but it's about how we do it. In other words, we need to think about how and um, plan in our giving, not just give to when, when, whenever we think, oh, I might just do that today. Now, I do want to just put a little caveat on that. The difference between the tithes and offerings um, The tithing is that regular giving um, that could be maybe via standing order or cash card tap cheque. I know that uh, some of us might be self employed and it can be quite difficult, can't it, to sort of budget um, and to know how much, especially if you're self employed or you don't have that regular income. But I do know a lot of self employed people and myself included a little bit in that, that you can um, still. Plan in when you give and how you give to God. And I think it's really important to know that setting aside a portion of that income um, for God as you go is is really helpful. Um, But it's really about establishing that routine and getting into the habit of doing it, not just making the plan and not following it through. Offerings, on the other hand, kind of come back to that more spontaneous giving. Maybe you see a need somewhere, and it could be inside the church body, but it could be outside of the church body, and you respond by giving financially to it. Um, and this could be, as I say, something that you see, or maybe sometimes we have what we call special offerings here at Northgate where we see a need as a, as a church body, and people sew into that. So it's almost like offerings are, uh, are slightly different and It's harder to plan those, I understand that. But when I'm talking about planning the giving and what Paul is here, I believe it's that regular tithing. In both of these, though, I just want to come back to that first point, that it is to God and for God that we do this. So, as disciples of of Christ, it's important that we know that We need to learn and think about our giving. We need to make a decision before God and then see it as an opportunity to please Him, coming back to that cheerful giving, as Paul says. Just a little testimony um, from uh, when I, before I came to uni in 2005, which seems an awful long time ago now, (laughs) I was working at a a drum shop in in Norfolk uh, where I grew up. And I continued then to run the eBay store and the website remotely from uni, which as a student was a nice little gig to have if you like. Um, and then I, I um, then came to uni, finished uni and then went into teaching and when, when I started as a teacher I decided to give away a portion of my main wages. What then happened is I started doing some little uh, drum stuff and also some audio PA equipment higher, and that earned a bit of pocket money on the side, really. And uh, I challenged other people, and then I set up a nice fancy spreadsheet. If anyone knows, I like a spreadsheet. It started to show the income, the outcome, the tax, so that I didn't get a sting at the end. And more recently... Andy's looking at me because he knows, yeah, the spreadsheet. <laughs> but actually, more recently, I was really challenged that I had this fancy spreadsheet that told me all the... Incomes and outcomes and tax amount, but actually, what I'd neglected was the element of giving a portion of that amount, uh, that chunk of money away financially. And so, more recently, I decided to amend the spreadsheet and have another little cell that talked about what I'm going to tithe away from that income. And do you know what? It's been incredible, and it's just how God works, I believe. I wasn't going to say it, but The the PA stuff has just flourished since I've done that, not in a big way, just the way though that I believe that I can give the glory back to God and say, do you know what, you have blessed us amazingly through this and use with with this money what you want. Yeah, Yeah. so it's just a bit of an encouragement. it's really hard when you talk about financial giving because you don't want someone to say, you oh, will give everything away and then have nothing," because I don't believe we've st- we've still got to be stewards of the money and responsible with it. But actually, when we do so, God blesses us ridiculously. Where was I up to? Because I just lost where I was going there. So we need to teach people to plan their giving. That's what, I, and that's where the fancy spreadsheet helped. <laughs> So, thirdly, from what we saw this morning, um, I believe uh, we need to trust God with our financial futures. One of the things that can stop us from giving is fear. And it is real, it's genuine. It happens, Alex and I often talk about this. It is a genuine thing. It's not a, we've got it sorted, so therefore I'm talking to you. I'm included in this. The fear that giving to him will be worse than if we don't. The fear that maybe causes us to withhold stuff from God in our money. And the feeling that we have that if we give God less, then maybe we'd be better off. But I believe here, Paul is talking about the opposite. That if you give to God, you will discover that he will bless you abundantly. That may be with a financial element attached to that. But it may be in other ways, you never knew that you could be blessed. God will bless you. I was immediately reminded of the passage in Mark's gospel titled The Widow's Offering and it talks about obviously uh, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said Truly I tell you This poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Not only did the widow in this story decide to sow into God's kingdom, she trusted God with her financial future, giving what she had and held nothing back. And in Corinthians, Paul also talks um, about that. And talks about how in verse 10 God will will replenish your store. And that God will enrich you in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion in verse 11. The fact is that it's only through giving to God that we'll discover just how generous God is. It's only by giving that people learn that they can trust God with their financial futures. Me included in this. And of course, at times we'll hesitate to do so because it seems a big ask. We worry about the impact it will have on them. But actually, it's only when people give like God that they discover how generous God can be to them. When people learn to give like God, it's then that the giving releases God's generosity into their lives and beyond. And as I say, I'm not saying that we should give everything suddenly away and... Checks will just start flying through the windows and the doors. I mean, they may do, but if we have a generous attitude and a generous heart to God, he will bless and honour us. And it may not be in the way that you think, or hope even, but actually he will. And I know that at the moment, financial hard times is a real thing. The cost of living is stretching many of us. And the easiest thing may be the thing that feels like we could almost get away with is trimming our giving and whether that be to Northgate Church or whether that be to another charity that has you know, a Christian ethos that you give into it's actually not the thing that we're called as you can see to trim a challenge is to whether we can trim our own lifestyles and make adjustments there and finally we see here that Paul is talking about you can never outgive God Let's just have a look at verse 15 of this passage. It says, uh, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In other words, Jesus. In John 3.16 we see that it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And we've heard that verse so many times as Christians. In Jesus, God has given us his one and only Son, who died on the cross, in your place and mine, so that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, every sin you have ever and will ever commit has been forgiven, just like was shared this morning. If that was the only thing that God ever did for you, you could still never outgive God. (laughs) If you have a real faith in Jesus, God has given you the most valuable thing in eternity. And no wonder Paul says that, God has given us an indescribable gift. So what can we learn from this passage about giving financially this morning? Because it is all about giving money in this context. But notice that Paul isn't talking about people who refuse to give or maybe can't give or haven't give. He's talking about a super rich church in a wealthy port at the time. A church full of people who have said they'll give but have never quite delivered on the promises or their good intentions. So practically this morning, maybe you haven't ever given the idea of giving uh, a proper thought. This morning I would encourage you to spend some time this week really seeking out what God has put on your heart to give. Maybe you just need to set up that standing order so that it doesn't end up at the bottom of the to-do list. Maybe you could be a reluctant giver and struggling with this. If this is you, maybe think about coming back to the idea of being a cheerful giver. We give in response to everything that Jesus has done in our lives, not just our finances. So if you are maybe a reluctant giver, spend some time again this week reflecting on all the ways that God has blessed you. Maybe make a list if that helps. Write down what God has done in your heart since you became a Christian. Think of ways you've changed. Maybe think back to your life and the numerous ways that God has blessed you. Maybe in your work, maybe in your health, maybe your education, maybe your family during difficult times, during scary times, overwhelming times. Maybe think about those times where God has still stood alongside you and think about cultivating a, a, a heart of, of gratitude, if you like. And maybe none of the above apply to you. So maybe you just need to think and review your giving. Spend some time this week as a bit of a challenge, asking God, what is it, That you can place, what is it that you're placing on my heart? Am I holding anything back? There is so much more around the theme and context of financially giving. I feel like I've just scratched the surface and maybe touched on a few different things, and hopefully, there's a few practical elements that maybe you can think about this morning. For some, well, for me, it's a challenge okay it's not please hear me when i'm saying i'm not preaching or talking at you here i'm standing alongside you we're in this together and it is a challenge but this week as i say i I just encourage you to spend some time what i might ask do what i might ask is al whether you wouldn't mind maybe coming back up and maybe just have a song and um, during that time just start just ask Worship team, like, phew, I'm up there, I can't. <laughs> no, you will still. <laughs> um, but just think, let's just spend five minutes or so just asking, and then Al will maybe lead us into a song to to close and uh, and go from there. Again, if you have any questions about it, I'm more than happy. I do not have all of the answers, but we're in this together, and... I'm more than happy for conversation to discussions obviously to happen around it. It might be this morning. It might be that we meet up over a coffee and and talk. Um, But yeah, be encouraged this morning that we all have something that we can give financially. And let's use it for God's kingdom um, and moving and growing in that area. Thanks for listening to the Northgate Church Podcast. Find out more at northgate.org.uk or find us on social media by searching Northgate Church Chester.